been a That's long our new time tune that we're working coming. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it feels like it's been forever since we've been in this little kitchen. I thought it was like five days, but apparently it's been like 13, 12, 13. 12 or 13, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's been like five. Yeah, two weeks. My sense of time is depressing. Well, we've been super busy, so yeah, yeah, we apologize to all 15 of our listeners out there. All 15 of you loyal (laughs) fans. The loyalist of loyals. (laughs) No, I'm I'm sure we have more. Um, We like to kid about that sort of thing. (laughs) Aw, either way. It's fun either way. Um, So yeah, we we had two gigs last weekend, and we've been practicing about twice as much as we usually do in our little studio, Yeah, getting ready for the album. Um, We played... San Francisco on Saturday night at Neck of the Woods. Yeah, the downstairs Neck of the Woods. And we played yes. with Roxy and we played with um, El Gato Dice and we played with Swoon. Swoon. Yeah, Swoon. Yeah. And it was a it was a really fun night. Like I had a lot of friends show up and a, and uh, we had a pretty good um, amount of people come out for us. Um, yeah, it was fun to kind of merge because yeah. I think of Swoon as like conquered, uh, our conquered world and then Roxy is sort of our... Berkeley Oakland world so we kind of merged that together which was fun definitely um a lot of ladies on stage in every band too many always cool too many ladies (laughs) (laughs) I love it I love it I love it um yeah Roxy's got they have they have uh recently when we played with them at the plow they have a uh trumpet player and a saxophone player that have been joining them so that's a lot of fun yeah they make them sit around for like five or six songs and they're like all right now you guys can come yeah on they up. play like the last right, two that kind of come on for the finale can you imagine being that like you have to go to every show but you just play like two songs and then you're yeah, i think it's fun you know they're enjoying being there but their trumpet player uh god i'm really terrible because i've met her a few times and every time she tells me her name we're at a loud bar and she's like blah, blah, blah. and i'm like fuck what did oh. she just say i'm like what are you saying yeah. um but she was wearing like a black uh jumpsuit with like sparkle sequins on it and i complimented her on it so many times i like their outfits <laughs> i was like that like, is the, the coolest the thing i've ever seen and the uh trumpet uh lady like they had the same color outfits, but they were like reversed. So one had like yeah, a black it looked good. top or black pants and a reddish top. And the other one had like reddish pants and a black top. And I was yeah. like, oh, that looks cool. It did. Yeah. Nice. So And then, of course, uh, Marge always looks killer. Oh, yeah. She looks great. Yeah. She, she had like a cool dude, like burnt so orange. Good. She was killing it. Dress on. It's just awesome to see her play. She's like a really awesome guitar player in the Bay Area. And there's not a ton of, I mean, there's a few really awesome guitar players just like Schmitty from Overland and like yeah and like Marge and Stewart uh, from and Radio no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like my guitar playing personally, but it's like I don't think that I'm like the person that like l- I don't know. I, there's a lot of people who like I feel like a lot of lead guitarists like feel like they need to have their spot. You know what I mean? Like every song, they're like, "Well, I need to have my like guitar moment." Yeah, and I don't feel like I do that all the time maybe i do it sometimes no you but. i think you're good about um knowing what the song calls for um i think that's the most important important part is just trying to adhere and everyone's ego takes a back seat to what's best for the song you yeah know? so although somebody in the audience i played guitar for about half our set yeah which is i've been playing more which yeah, is fun. awesome yeah 
yeah, it's fun. It's um, it makes us sound a lot more full, I think. I, I, it gives us a nice uh, a I've nice been noticing backbone. it more. Yeah. yeah, when I first started doing it, I was like, let me just turn myself down. Uh, but now, yeah, I feel like I'm like kind of filling it up a little more. Um, and I start one of the songs, so that's exciting. Yeah. But when we were playing, uh, when we finished playing one song, your your Santa Barbara friends were yelling, Emily Solo! And I was like, nope, don't yell that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I don't know any single notes on their own, just these chords. Yeah, that, when I was... Um, <laughs> When I was in college and I was playing bass, um, I was playing the stand-up bass in college. Cause I, I remember at DVC you were playing it. Yeah, and then I was I've playing it at you. UCSB yeah. as well. Oh, nice. And like, the reason everyone asked me, like, why didn't you play guitar in college? And it's like, I, I like, like, kind of uh, it, the, I don't want to say the rawness, but like, kind of the un, like, I feel like if you're, you really go deep, deep into learning something you like it kind of pulls the curtain back so to speak on the machine you know like yeah. it's kind of like the wizard of oz you know like they pull the curtain back and they see the dude back there yeah i feel like <laughs> anyone who like goes to school for an instrument kind of starts to sound a certain way like a little bit of a cross between like jazzy and like maybe a little bit traditional classical or something yeah. this sounds probably super ignorant to people like no <laughs> like I, I really enjoy having like a rock and roll like rawness to my guitar playing. And it's not to say that I don't know what I'm doing because I do, but I didn't really want to learn how to play jazz guitar because I don't love the way that jazz guitar sounds. So I didn't want my guitar playing to sound jazzy at yeah. all. So since that's kind of, it's either that or classical, which I kind of wish I had done classical. But classical guitar? Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's Marge's Yeah, background. I think that would have been cooler. She's going to be like, um, no, it wasn't. <laughs> but basically, I, I said there's other instruments that I want to learn and I'm interested in learning. Right. So why not take Bass. this opportunity to go into a different arena with a different instrument? Well, you know, we have a couple of weird instruments laying around the house. We have a, thanks to my father-in-law, yeah. we have a, <laughs> he, loved, yeah. we, he loves bringing us strange <laughs> instruments. Uh, we have a mandolin that's actually really gorgeous. It's like a black mandolin. Um, and I just got it restrung. Mm. And we have a banjo. Do you know we have a banjo? I did. It's in the closet. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but I should bust it out because we finally have enough guitar along stands. Along with all your other skeletons. And then I, along with, <laughs> 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 I was going to go dark and I didn't. Um, and then uh, we also have a 12 string guitar. Uh, yeah, that one's sitting there. You can there. fuck with, it yeah. Your, it has your uh, Bonnie uh, Parker hat on it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. My 1940s hat. By that. the way, just watch that movie, The I know. The Highwaymen. I want to watch it. It's good because they Oh, The Highwaymen, not... like the band? <laughs> Is that what it's I called? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I think. Okay. It. It does not sugarcoat that they're like, we're just going to fucking kill him. Like, it does not oh, sugarcoat Bonnie, that. The, yeah. the, the, the cops just want to kill Bonnie and Clyde. You know the story about Bonnie and Clyde. It's they like, definitely just want to kill well, him. Well, they yeah. were just drawing on cops left and right and basically just fucking him up. Like, yeah. they were... they Like, the cops... It, they think it could have been because they were hesitant to draw on a woman is part of it. Mm. And the other part of it was just Bonnie and Clyde were like, cold-blooded had been in so many gunfights that they were just Weren't calculated they, i remember reading their ages and being like jesus they were 24 they were when they died so yeah, oh that's okay older than i thought but they yeah. were i remember thinking damn they were really young when they well, I was started obsessed the whole thing with bonnie and clyde when i was growing up oh. i thought they, it's just an awesome story like not in terms of them like killing innocent people that's not awesome obviously but like just it kind of has like this like weird the first, like, like in, outlaw in, couple yeah but in the like context of the time it was like in the middle of the depression era so the banks were like super villains basically desperation yeah the banks were the super aggression. villain no wait what's the scarcity breeds aggression 
Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is that the, <laughs> that's not, I'm like that's not it. But the, that's the, also true. It is true. But what I was trying to say is that in this era, like the common person viewed the bank as like the supervillain. So when you have this duo, this man and woman, it's like a who Robin are lovers, Hood type of situation. Yeah, people considered it yeah. a Robin Hood situation, and they just conveniently glossed over the fact that they were shooting people in the face over <sighs> like a tank of gas. You know what I mean? Shit. Yeah. So. They were, they in their era, they were like this Robin Hood story to a lot of people. Yeah. And when they died, I think it was like something like 20,000 people came, went to Bonnie Parker's funeral. Whoa. And um, 14,000 went to Clyde's funeral. Damn. They weren't together? It wasn't no, one I don't funeral? think so. <laughs> but yeah, basically, uh, fucking hashtag spoiler alert. Like, <laughs> Don't. So I haven't watched it's it yet. It's Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, we know. Happened? I'm sorry. Are what you going to say how they die? You know, I know how they you die. Want, the, have their you seen Titanic? Really? Hey, the fuck up. Yeah, so basically what happened is they trick them into stopping on this one road uh, to help someone that they knew, this dude that they knew, um, fix a tire. So they Aww. see that this guy that they know is pulled over on the side of the road. They stop and pull over, and um, they just surround the car and just... Yeah. And just fill it's like it an up. Obscene amount and of the bullets. scene is so good because it doesn't sugarcoat it at all. Even though it's from the perspective of these guys, the whole movie, yeah. they like they make no bones about it. They're like, "We are going to kill. We got to take them down. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. We're going to kill them." Yeah. And they like go, and they like surround the car. They say, There's "Hands no arrest up!" Happening. But yeah. the second they move, they just they just That's torch them. Fucking. And man. they they filled the whole the whole car with like probably I don't know. Hundreds, hundreds of, of bullets. Yeah, hundreds isn't, of rounds. Isn't that car in a museum somewhere? It could be. I and, think it is. And they like have Bonnie and Clyde. They like roll the car through the town afterward, and people are like grabbing at the bodies and like taking Ooh. taking stuff, like taking bracelets and like. Oh, Jesus yeah, Christ. it's intense, but it's a good movie. Kevin Costner, a uh, great actor. Woody Harrelson, great actor. Yeah, I saw the ad for it, and I was like, "This is either going to be good or really bad." I really liked it, but then okay. again, I, I was obsessed with out. the whole Bonnie and Clyde story. I thought it was just intense. We're watching the Adnan Syed um, doc, and I'm being so good about not i had the day off and they dropped the fourth one and tom was at work and i was like really bored at home mm. and i was like oh, i really want to watch this but i haven't i haven't finished it yet but that was the first podcast i ever listened it's the to. first podcast i yeah. ever listened to april i had like dinner with april in oakland and she's like oh you should get into podcast because i had a shitty commute at the time i was like commuting from berkeley to san francisco which sounds yeah. easy but it was a nightmare and uh yeah. anyone and she's who knows like, the bay area fucking ever yeah. and she's like uh she's like oh you should get into podcasts like I wasn't really that into true crime yet. And she was like, you should listen to Serial. And that just like opened the floodgates. I was like, I mean, oh, this get is into fascinating. Like, I remember my ex-girlfriend. Um, it's just fascinating. I was driving back and forth from Santa Barbara like I always do, like I have done for the past, you know, 10 years or whatever. 20 years. It's actually been 10 years now. <laughs> I went there I for the first time in years. 2009. So 11 years, actually. Yeah. Coming up on 11. But um, I was I had always just listened to music before that. Or like AM sports oh, radio, yeah. And then she was like, "Well, listen to Serial," and like I was into true crime, but it was more like weird true crime, like Jack the Ripper, or like yeah. you know stuff like that, conspiracy stuff. Yeah, and, conspiracy. Like- and I listened to that, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they're they're railroading them like this," you know, just yeah. like. And I still believe that they fucking he, whether or not he did it, I don't know, but there was not enough evidence to send him away. It was not. There was, like in there was court, no DNA yeah, at all. Or yeah. they didn't test it or some shit. What do you think? Just knee-jerk reaction. What do you think about it? Uh, I... Like, if you look at the timeline, 
Um, and like motive, I don't think that he did it. Um, yeah. I think but he the, has zero motive basically. Well, there's right? huge red flags if you watch this. Uh, so the only thing that put him to, put him in was Jay's testimony. That's the only thing. They had no and other that was evidence, his right? Scummy, like, it was friend, ju- right? It, they were like barely friends. Yeah. They were like acquaintances. And so I don't know Jay why I gives call him a, scummy. I don't know if he's scummy or no, not. No, he's well. I think I think the cops just used him because they like had him in a room for eight hours, and it's one of those things where you know they were in a room for eight hours, but they have mm-hmm. two hours of his quote unquote confession. It yeah. changes a bunch. They keep coaxing him. They're like, and then and then you went here right at this time, and he's like, uh, yeah. And then we went like it's I so clearly his like it's yeah. so clearly like the cops are like, hey, we just need mm-hmm. to fucking put this guy in, and like also the she was dating like an older guy that yeah. they like. He was that the guy a, who worked at the uh, at like a, the mall or whatever yeah, with his mom? Well, but and his alibi was that he was quote unquote at work. Work with his mom. But his mom was his boss. Yeah, his so mom like, was his boss. I'm not saying he did it, but I'm just like, well, that's yeah. no one fucking looked into it. Yeah, no one looked into it. So yeah, I think uh, no matter what, you know, True Crime Garage posted a uh, Instagram of it, and they were like, whether or not you think he did it, I think we can all agree that he did not get a fair trial. No, he didn't. And not. his fucking lawyer threw the threw the case. She was a nightmare. Yeah, she was a nightmare. Oh God, she was and, a nightmare. And like her, she was so unorganized too. Oh, like she. Her, everybody thinks she threw it. And yeah. you watch video of her, and you're like, "What is happening?" Well, she's dead now, right? I know. Yeah, yeah she passed away. Yeah. So but she it's, doesn't. It's a little unfair that she doesn't have like an opportunity to be like, "Hey, well, actually, this is what was well, she going on." You know, disappeared after the trial, and anyway, it's anyway, it's. I, I think case. it's worth. If you don't know about yeah, this case, it's case. it's worth it's worth looking into, and it's really cool to see a podcast bring light to an light injustice to an injustice and then have it maybe get a retrial God, because it would of suck it if he did it though huh <laughs> oh yeah but you know what at the end oh, of the day man. i i st- i like he didn't get a fair trial and no, that's, he didn't. that's that's what well it's about. he didn't even take the stand at all i don't think he did no yeah no he didn't take the stand there's some weirdos in the you you have to watch the doc i know it's on hbo but there's some just weird witnesses they put on there where you're like why the fuck is this person on the case you know like i listen to it on podcasts there are some weirdos so you don't get to actually see them i don't know there's (laughs) just something different about like seeing people and seeing the way they talk and seeing like their facial uh, expressions when they talk yeah because yeah i mean like and you know Adnan's story like never changed. No. Jay's story did, but yeah. Adnan, anyway, anyway, I'm just saying. Well, it's there was also really that chick in the library who said she was with Adnan. Oh yeah, the whole they time. interview. Her. Well, she said. Uh, she says I remember talking to him that day because I kind of had like a crush on him. Yeah. And so she rem- and she remembers the date for like a specific reason because there was something going on that day. Like it's yeah. just one of those things where it's like, oh, this is this is like, and she was never brought in. Like she spoke to somebody on the phone and they were basically yeah. like, we don't need you. Yeah. And she was like, okay. Because they just wanted to, they just wanted to, you know, you know, one of those open shut. Dude, we see this all the time, yeah. I feel like, with like, like yeah. really small town murders. It just puts fear in everybody. Town? I feel like it's not a small town it's, where it was. Uh, it's, is it Baltimore? Yeah, I feel like it was not a, here, let me look it up. Adnan Syed town. That's Baltimore, right? Yeah, but I, yeah. What I my whole point is I don't think it's a small. Yeah, town. you're right. It's Baltimore, but um, but yeah, I think that there was pressure to pressure to solve. Pressure yeah, to Baltimore solve it. County. Pressure to solve it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, this is a hashtag spoiler alert about the Adnan Syed. I haven't watched the fourth one yet. <laughs> don't spoil it for me. Don't do I know, it. I'm spoiling everything. I'm spoiling. <laughs> you get spoiled. You get a spoiler. You get a spoiler. <laughs> 
spoilers. Hey, if you don't know what happened to Bonnie and Clyde, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Look it up. Like, let's spoil Jack the Ripper too. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's old. It's an old case. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Anyway. So anyway, anyone who has listened before knows that we're obsessed with true crime. It's just fun. And like, yeah. um, oh, I was telling you today, uh, we're looking at our next rewind topic and trying to think of what to do. And Tom and I were driving home from rehearsal last night and listening to My Favorite Murder. And yeah. they covered the Who concert where, guess how many people died in that stampede? You said, um, 11, I remember, yeah, 11. dude. I thought it was like... Four, three was that though that wasn't Eleven. the one with the hell's angels right that was the no rolling but stones. tom tom mixed it up too he said oh that was rolling stones, right that was the rolling yeah. stones and they they hired the hell's angels to be their uh security, security and they ended up stabbing a dude um but no this yeah. was like a who concert where like it, it was like basically general admission um but you like buy t- basically eight thousand people were crowded outside and the, the who started like sound checking and they opened one door Oh. And people were like, holy shit, the concert's starting. And they've been outside for like eight hours too. And it's just all general admission. So you like run to get a seat kind of thing. Yeah. And like, so they just opened one door. And so people just Ugh. started losing their minds. And yeah, 11 people got trampled. Yeah, that was like, you, you heard so that dark. dude, that rapper Nipsey Hussle. Have you heard I, that dude? He uh, just got shot in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, I think it was two days ago. And uh, I didn't know him, his music at all. I mean, I've listened to it. It's not really my style I, I don't know of music. About it's it, like yeah. kind of like... He, I would kind of compare him to like kind of like the Mac Dre of L.A. Like if oh, Mac Dre was under, current, yeah, like but hero underground, of but the scene, yeah, definitely rises above, you right. know. Um, kind of like a champion for the undeserved and the, you know, like that kind of guy. Yeah. And um, what happened was he was just hanging out outside his clothing store oh, no. in Los Angeles, and some guy just walked up and shot him. Did he know who he was? Um, they know who it is now, and that guy just re- apparently there was a female accomplice. He like was dri- was the driver, so he like got back into the car and like she drove off. And that's like the they guy. Know who, that they know who it is. John Lennon just fucking shoots him, bounces. Well, no, he chilled. The dude who shot John Lennon chilled. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking they threw John yeah. Lennon in the car. Yeah, 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 the guy sorry. who shot John Lennon shot him and sat there. That's so fucking yeah. creepy. Um, but yeah, this guy left. They know who it is. There's like a huge manhunt. But what I was getting at is they had like a, a candlelit vigil or whatever oh, for yeah. him outside of his store. Oh. And something spooked people. They don't know what it was as of me saying this. They thought it was gunshots, but people are like, there were no gunshots. So something spooked people. It, Almost like there were gunshots. Like, just imagine gunshots like going off and goes, how people would react. Would react right? They all just scattered in different directions. What the fuck? And, like, tons of people got trampled. Oh, no. Critical condition, like... Well, you can... They're dying of uh, it's asphyxiation, right? Uh, when you're... Can't well, breathe? it's people stomping on you when well, you're but on you, the ground. And it crushes your... Um, it's the same guy that... Uh, same way that guy died that was selling cigarettes. You get... Cr- like, you're, well, you get crushed Well, I think it's a little chest, different because right? it's like people aren't... People aren't... That guy had asthma, I think. Oh. I think he had, like, breathing issues already. But this is, like, people stomping on you and, like, stepping on you over and over Can and you, over. Yeah, I was listening to the, the Who concert thing, and I was just like, how do you not notice that you're stepping on a body? I think... I mean, a body... I think what happens is you're so packed in, like, sardines. You're just being... You're just, like, trying to move, and you're, like, looking forward, and then you step on something, and you look down, and you're like, oh, it's a person. Ah, fuck that person. I think some people... And then you keep going. I think some people... I mean, if I stepped on someone, I would, like, try to help them up. But then again, you have, like, 
tons of people literally well, it's like the crowd. tons they of said body it's weight 8000 people yeah. and the back is pushing so that's like tons so back of human pushing, flesh just and pushing the front you is forward like, so you're trying maybe trying to help this person out but you get pushed out and then people don't see him cuz they can only see like a few inches in front of their faces that's so scary it's like it's my nightmare it's why i don't like crowds yeah <laughs> i'm not i'm not one for big uh big crowds yeah, that's like my big anxiety is i'm can't just like hit the ground because i've been i'm sure you've been at a concert where you're the crowd starts pushing and you're just like oh i have no control over None. the situation it's yeah. scary especially if you're smaller and you're just like oh shit you know no i, I mean i'm that guy now who likes to get a seating like assignment Dude, if i, I just, can i'm I like get i know i'm anxious old as AF. fuck when there's general admission no general admission bums me out because it gets me anxious that, there's always that dude who's like dancing way too intensely right next to you. Or is seven million feet tall. Yeah, or is like <laughs> way taller than you. It's like good. And wearing a cowboy hat, you're like, really? Yeah. You decided to wear a hat. Oh, want to the know concert? what my huge pet peeve Indoors. is? Everyone getting their phone out, holding it up, and recording it. Oh, it makes me want to. I'm yeah, like, you're holding so your phone upset. up at, in front of your head. So you might be six feet tall, but now you're holding. Like basically something that bl that's blocking a chunk of the view from everyone behind yeah. you to record something that let's be honest no you're never watch. going to watch it's that they just want to like post it it's like I'll be at a concert and I'm like all right I'm gonna get like one or two photos maybe something I can like oh, you can get a photo. throw on my Instagram mad. story yeah, cool you know like hey we're seeing Dan Arbach or whatever but like just filming the, every other song I'm like what are you doing thing, yeah is this your kid's soccer game fucking chill yeah, like, yeah just fucking chill. <laughs> That's such a pet peeve of mine. That's why and I'm I don't like, go to concerts. I'm no, kidding. <laughs> I, go to, dude, I, I go do, to so I do, I do, but I like... Uh, but I try yeah. to get the seating assignment because then I can seating. just sit there and drink a few beers and like watch them from a still pretty damn close yeah. and like my feet don't hurt. And I'm not a big dancer. And you're not, so. you know, I'll tell you one of my favorite uh, concerts, uh, concert experiences was um, when I saw the Strokes open up for Muse, which yeah, was weird, yeah. and they were playing at a uh, at like a when, when was this like two thousand five, two thousand six? It's probably wow. sixteen, and uh, and they played in like a it was like a it was like a college gym, so it was like there was balcony seating or like a basketball gym for college I can't yeah. remember, and then there was just general admission on the bottom, but we had gotten seats in the balcony like right next to the stage but like front row and so we like showed up whenever we wanted we like got to our seats it was like all set and then meanwhile there's just mayhem on the ground yeah. floor and you're just watching yeah. that and you're like yeah we have this like great balcony view we're like probably 50 feet away from them yeah and we're just we have like our set seats yeah, yeah. i like that a lot and I, it was all Muse fans. So, like, Strokes came out and everybody was, like, sitting down. Was, I was I mean, like, the what the... Strokes had really? come out. <laughs> they, they dropped Is This It in, in America. 2001. Yeah, late 2001. Like, around uh, October, September, October. Three albums. It might have been earlier, 2005, but... But yeah, Muse was bigger than them yeah. at this point. I don't know how th how that is. I now. think Muse might still be bigger. I think Muse yeah. is fucking huge. Like people I, dude, love I, Muse. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I like. No, no, no. I, they're a little too operatic for me. Um, I like I like the Strokes a little bit better for. Operatic me is the right word. Yeah. yeah. They're very. They're they're like very big. Like everything about Muse is very big, and I like a little bit more like. My my memory is that they type. were. Uh, they had like every single lyric 
flash behind him as he sang it. It's like such a 2005 or 2006 <laughs> thing to do. They're like, we're going to fucking type out all the lyrics and have them flash behind him. So it'd be like, do, duh, do, duh, like everything he yeah. said. So it was like so distracting. And I yeah. just remember being like, what is happening? Um, but they put on a good show. I remember that. Yeah. So do you want to get into the uh, the old artist of the week? Yeah. So we're doing a, a fun little band today uh, that unfortunately is no longer touring. Um, but there is a little uh, yeah. version of them that's still touring. Um, but this this was really, kind of a, a little version of them. That's yeah, t- two of them I think are still uh, doing music. The married the married couple. Um, so this band uh, is called He's My Brother, She's My Sister. And do you want to know how I found out this, about this band? No. So I do not know. <laughs> when I was in uh, college, I was living with like six people. One of them was Kate. You remember Kate? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. she's a huge, uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros fan yeah, too. And, sense. uh, she's from Boston. And, uh, I remember one day she handed me this like mixed CD that she'd like written on. And she was like, you would love this band. Cause she knew I was in a band with you. And I look at the CD and, it's, brother, and it says, he's my brother. She's my sister. And I'm like, what is this? And she's like, oh, it's this band. That's the name of the band. Yeah. You should check them out. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I put them in like my car I was like driving around listening to it and I was like, I like this. Like it's, it's different. It's cool. It's kind of freak folky funky and like, yeah. and it's good lyricism and it's good songwriting. And I, and I just dug it. So I kind of binged this like uh, mix CD their website expired. Dude, it's, I had yeah. the hardest time getting a hold of them. Yeah, I had to go on this weird like band camp site and it was like contact the band and I shot them an email through that. And they, they actually wrote back. They're like, Hey, we're not a band anymore, but like, you know, go for it, you yeah. know, best of luck, you know, go for it. Let us know if you need anything. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, their Wikipedia page is very sparse. Well, so basically, yeah, so they are a, uh, shockingly, a brother and sister duo that formed into a full band. And it's uh, Rachel and Rob. I'm going to say the last name is pronounced Kohler because yeah. it's spelled like polar bear with Kohler. a K. Kohler. The Kohler Express is what... <laughs> That sh- that would have been the best name I think Kohler. they should have come up the with. Kohler Ex- the Kohler Express. <laughs> you yeah. go with alternate band names, and then um, <laughs> Lauren Brown. Dude, th- did you read the Wikipedia page about Lauren Brown? She's the first tap the dancing band. drummer <laughs> yes. of all time. It's so funny. It's like okay, the the band features a tap dancing drummer, and all of that is capitalized. Tap dancing drummer. Lauren Brown, known for inventing her own unique, unique style of full body percussion. Full body percussion. Like an octopus, they say. Like an, <laughs> she uses her whole, all her limbs, they Just, say. <laughs> it's I think badass. most drummers use all their limbs for the record. No, that is very true. Just saying. Just, I'm just Not picturing them, I'm just picturing Animal from the Muppets right now. Just I'm picturing <laughs> I'm picturing the dude from Mary Poppins, the chimney sweep. Oh. Uh, I'm a, and I'm like, I'm like Lauren Brown. Is that have Dick you, Van Dyke? Have you seen Mary Poppins? Have you seen Dick Van Dyke? That is unique style of full body percussion. But so she, so the full band is Rachel and Rob Kohler. Uh, Lauren Brown is a tap dancing drummer, and Oliver Newell Dude, is plays upright we, bass, and Ryan Richter plays slide guitar. All right, we gotta find this shit. What Lauren Brown at? tap dancing. We're gonna find a little video. <laughs> no, it's pretty cool. Um, and so she, uh, so basically, uh, the siblings Rachel and Rob cr- uh, started the group, but Rachel met Lauren at NYU when they were both freshmen at NYU. So they were both mm. in theater, 
Uh, so Dude, are I, they called Kohlers now? K-O-L-A-R-S? That's the new band that's... Okay. Because I'm seeing some videos for them. So, spoiler alert. Okay. Rob and Rachel are... <laughs> Damn, brother- wait, that, that should be the Rob- name of the episode. <laughs> spoiler alert. Rob and Rachel are the brother and sister, right? Yeah. And uh, Lauren and Rachel meet their freshman year at NYU. They're both theater kids. Uh, Rachel's doing, a, I think, a... Uh, I want to say uh, playwriting major, right? So she's a writer, which is why she comes up with okay. these cool lyrics. And uh, Lauren Brown is doing something similar, I think maybe dance? Tap performance? Probably. She's been I'm, a dancer totally since like she was guessing. a kid, right? Um, so those two become close at NYU. And then when Rachel and Rob start playing music together, she comes on as their percussionist. And then Rob and her start dating, and then they get married. So then they're a band with a married couple and a sibling, two siblings in it. That's weird. Isn't that wild? That's so weird. And Sounds then, awful. No, I'm kidding. That's <laughs> that's uh, not unlike us. But I can't really find... All right. Hold up. Hold up. Oh, man. So it sounds like... All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, she's dancing on a bass drum. Yeah. Oh, Lauren Brown. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Hold, so this whole... Damn it. What the hell? I accidentally uh, got rid of it. Oh, no. There it is. <laughs> there it is. All right. And we're going to. F- and she's wearing those pretty legit tap shoes. Super legit. What song is this? Um, I uh, This one is. It's just like some tap dancing thing. Aw, so, cute. Um, so that's the sister there, right? Yep. And then. Yeah, she is currently tap dancing on a bass drum, but very gently because we know that those bass drum heads are not yeah. the strongest in the world. Um, not sure why the music isn't playing, but that's fine. Um, nice. And then, yeah, there's our slide guitar guy and yeah. our stand-up bass guy. Yeah. And apparently they kind of like got this kind of cult following from their live show. Yeah. Well, it's a really unique, like, I mean, everything's Lineup. fairly unique. Like, I mean, the brother and sister are like, that's so weird that she's playing a tambourine. Hi, Emily. Wild. <laughs> <laughs> she went to NYU. Like yeah. Me. Wild. Wild. I mean, they have like this punk rock like bass player. He looks like he looks like he could be in the Stray Cats. You know, he's got this painted uh, upright green bass. upright bass. And then Love we it. have a lap steel or not lap steel a lap style so, yeah. like electric like guitar like dobro. Ryan Richter on guitar, Oliver Newell on bass. Yeah. But yeah, they're yeah. Uh, so basically, they formed in two thousand nine. Um, they're from brother and sister are from Los Angeles and I think he kind of grew up playing in rock and roll bands and kind of had more musical background and she was more theater oriented and then they kind of started as a two piece at some point um he was in another band called Lemon Sun and uh he was sort of inviting her his sister into the rehearsal space just to kind of let off some steam and try to like get some inspiration from kind of having her write some songs and kind of working on that sort of thing um and so, uh, let's see, he says, um, Rach and I were both working on different projects and we decided it'd be fun to escape and write some songs together. I was usually the front man holding the band together. So it was nice to take those reins, uh, and let someone else do some of the singing. I think she liked the idea of exploring a new form of art and she was always a great writer. She's a playwright, right? Uh, so I think she wanted to try her hand at lyricism. So we started the project and it was just the two of us at first as an acoustic duo and then it evolved uh with various members coming in and out of the picture that sounds familiar God, now i feel like <laughs> they're just talking about us now there's five of us oliver on bass uh aaron on lap steel i guess sorry aaron and then ryan got traded in and when you're uh, saying lauren now, tap dancing this 
thing. This is like five years ago, right? Uh, this is like 2012, right? right? So, so they're, seven years they're ago. yeah, their big album came out in uh, 2012, right? Nobody dances in this town. Yeah. yeah, it's 2012, and that's the only album they did come up out with. Um, and then eventually, uh, and they toured a lot. They did like 150 shows in Holy a year shit. or something crazy. And uh, yeah, they did a ton of festivals and they were like really known for their live show. And then eventually um, uh, the couple, Rob and Lauren, split off and now they're doing a cola. Col- the Kohler Col- Col- Express. <laughs> oh, and so by the way, um, when they were uh, at a festival in England, Rob proposes to Lauren on stage while performing their song Electric Love. So that's super cute. That's cute. It's pretty cute. And then I the like sister's it. like, fuck. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was probably fun. They've been living together for like seven years or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Do you want to play their first tune? Let's play their first tune. Um, it's called Same Old Ground. Um, and I'll, yeah, I'll let the lyrics speak for themselves and then we'll kind of get Do into it. it. All right. So this is the song, The Same Old Ground by He's My Brother, She's My Sister off their 2012 album, Nobody Dances in This Town.
Yeah, so they're a super unique lineup. They have that. I mean, <laughs> like we said, they have a stand-up bass player. Like a per- the lead singer sister is a percussionist. Yeah, and she, she like plays tambourine and maracas. I guess she's kind of banging the tambourine With on the, the maracas, maracas yeah. which is really cool. She, and then they have so the upright bass player, the tambourine maracas, and they have like this lap like electric guitar, like it's like a dobro or something, like with a it's like a little guy with a, yeah. with a steel slide and like yeah. doing stuff like that. And then uh, then they have the uh, drummer is, Lauren Brown, who's oh, yeah. who's like standing up. We imagine she's tapping, but she she's is. like playing the bass drum. So she's with basically her right hand. standing, and she's got drums. All around, around her. her and cymbals. Yeah. And then she's standing and tap dancing while she's like hitting mm-hmm. these other drums with her hands. So they're right about her doing the octopus, as they say. I don't know. Is that what they say? Yeah, I I read that today. They were saying uh, <laughs> she's like, like a she's she's that. like an octopus. Oh my gosh, it was so <laughs> funny. Dad's gonna hear this, and I love him. But um, so we were, so Amber came to visit the house, and like. <laughs> we were looking over the back fence because you know you pick up Corey and Theo and they like looking oh, up. Yeah. Oh, that, that's Sorry, my nephews. nephews. And uh, Dad was talking to Amber and like dead serious. Look looks at her and he goes, "Yeah, so that back out there we call it the green belt." And I, I they do at, call it that. I've never <laughs> called it that in my entire life. That's what it's called in the like Turtle Creek. Are you serious? I'm 100 percent. Right, well, serious. then I'm the asshole. No, you're not the asshole. I thought it was fucking hilarious. I was like, Dad, did you just make this up right no, it, now? <laughs> it does seem like that, but no, oh that's definitely God. a thing. It's that definitely a thing. So funny. I've that's never really heard funny. it called the Green Belt until this. I mean, one I haven't moment. heard him call it that in like a long. I mean, time. we were, we lived in that house for the last 20 years, Literally. or not? Not. All the, not all of us, but I mean, our parents have lived uh, in that yeah. house for the last 20 years. And like, I had never once heard it called the Green Belt green until belt. right then. And it was just hilarious belt. to me. I was like, You're like what? what? <laughs> I thought he was like totally just saying it to say it. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> it was it's the same thing. as like this. O- it's the it's same so thing much- as the octopus drumming where you're like. They call it the octopus term. I'm like, is that what everyone calls well, it? I think they were interviewing like, like Rachel and Robin. They're like, yeah, ah, she like uses all her limbs. Um, like every drummer, I guess. But yeah, she's doing it in a pretty unique way. Um, she is very unique in the sense that she's like tapping, which as we know is like a very percussive, expressive form yeah. of art. And um, I mean, we actually rehearse directly across from a dance studio. Yeah. And like, we'll go outside for like a cigarette break or like just to get some fresh air and chill. And we can hear and like we a can thousand, hear like, you know, fuck. 20, you know, teenagers like tapping and across. <laughs> and we're just like, oh, it sounds insane. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds nothing crazy. else. Like, uh, like 50 people tap dancing slightly off from each other. There's no other sound like yeah. that. In the world. It's so like specific. Well, I always picture like those 1940s like da-da, movies. Da-da-da-da-da. Like variety movies where it's like there's singing, (laughs) there's dancing, there's like drama, there's love, there's singing in the rain. Yeah, dude, and there's they're so good. And the dudes are tapping, and I don't think I've seen a dude tap dance maybe in my entire life. Oh my god, uh, other than those movies. Now it's like I mean it's already kind of singing in the rain where they do that tap off. I'm sure. It's also White Christmas, right? They have like a lot of tapping in that movie too. I think I'm thinking. And our favorite song, choreography, which is your whole wardrobe is choreography. (laughs) I wear all black a lot, and And yeah, Stuart gives me a lot of shit about it. (laughs) He tells me I'm being a a mime. A mime. One of my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of my favorite. 
And there's a scene in, I think it's White Christmas, where at the very end they're doing, oh, there it is. The choreography. <laughs> where they're doing all the... Um, they call it choreography. They're doing all the like modern dance. Modern dance. Yeah. And there's one part where they're like all like snapping and they're all wearing uh, berets and shit. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah he's wearing a beret. They're not wearing it's black, so though. They're wearing great, purple. Though. No, they're not wearing black. Everyone's I think, doing choreography. Yeah, I love it. It's like so extra with the horns. You're like, this is like, I guess they're putting on a show trying to raise money to save the hotel or whatever the hell it's all about. I can't remember. This is the one I was talking about. So this is uh, from Singing in the Rain, the Moses Poses. And oh. What's that main guy's name in it? Oh, my God. Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly. What yeah. a stud. And then the other guy. Oh, what's his name? He's so cute. The kind of redheaded guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's Donald O'Connor. Yeah. Donald O'Connor and Gene Kelly, they do the Moses, suppose it, suppose And they're like freaking, look at this. I'll fast forward. They're like jumping around doing this insane tap dancing. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, so. Yeah, so tap dancing was like a huge, huge like artistic. Singing in the rain. Yeah, Moses supposes. Thing. Google this shit. It's going to blow your mind. No, it's this Danny. Da- this Emily, I, I was thinking of Danny Kay. Danny Kay and Donald O'Connell yeah. look the same to me. Can we pull them up side by side? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly? Okay, so Donald. All right, I'll bring up Danny Kay. O'Connell. Here's Danny Kay. Oh, my God. My freaking computer keeps on like throwing away these windows that I'm bringing up. All right, Danny Kay. There's Donald O'Connor and there's Danny Kay. Look, see? You're, okay, they, they look they different. They look way different. I feel terrible now. You mean, in turn, <laughs> you mean that they're both... Old white males, yes, they look no, exactly they the same. No, they both have kind of like a. They kind of look like Jerry Lee Lewisy. They kind of have a pointy nose, and they do look like they Jerry both Lee tap Lewis. Dance. You know what? It's really weird that you say that now because I've never seen Danny Kay and hair. Jerry Lee Lewis in the same room. So <laughs> there's Jerry Lee. There's Danny. Oh my God! That's Donald O'Connor. Virtually That's, identical. Actually, you're right. Danny Kay and Jerry Lee Lewis look really alike. Yeah, this virtually is identical. Me out. But yeah, Donald O'Connor is in Singing in the Rain. And then Danny K. Shit. Now I'm confused. Danny K is in White in Christmas. White Christmas okay. Yeah. And like everything. They have a similar like vibe in, a- in their acting where they're a little goofy. Yeah. You know? I mean, they're always that comedic. Like, they're not like the handsome one. They're like the sidekick, like the silly yeah. sidekick. But anyway, yeah. So that, that tap dancing yeah. scene is just out of control, insane. Um, Crazy. So yeah, I like that song that we just played because they're doing what I like in songwriting where they're taking a, a idea and they're saying it in a way that's not, they're saying it in an interesting way. Yeah. We all come back again to the same old ground where we began, you know? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I like I like it <laughs> lyrically. I, For me, I more like just like how big the song sounds it sounds big and right? it's like dro- it's kind of droning almost like yeah. there's not a dun whole lot of dun like dun variety dun in terms of like rhythmic differences but it's yeah. almost like hypnotic in the sense that it, it like kind of just goes and goes and goes with the same kind of vibe to it and then it yeah. just has that overarching like melody which when they get to the chorus it like kind of lifts yeah he's got a nice would you call him a berry he's got he's got a deep voice it's good it's kind of smoky you know I, I think that a lot people like talk about male singers a lot and they like to separate them in terms of like bass and like tenor Baritone, and when yeah. i think of bass i think of like johnny cash 
Yeah, Johnny Cash is one for sure, but I also like, like to think of like bass. yeah, like legit basses are like Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Johnny Cash, Coulter Wall, <laughs> and all those guys from those doo-wop, you know, bands yeah. that are just like do 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 do. And then like tenors are like freaking uh, those super high singers who yeah. are almost singing like mixed voice or soprano or soprano, sorry, uh, or head voice like the whole yeah. time. Yeah. So it's like I think most rock and roll singers are baritones. are baritones. Yeah, I mean like Freddie Mercury could probably be considered a Is tenor. He a tenor, I was gonna yeah, say. But yeah, like other than, and I mean '80s singers, like a lot of those guys are all tenors, you know. Yeah. But for the most part, I think a lot of is Daltrey a tenor? Yeah, I think he's a baritone. Really? Yeah. Okay. He doesn't sing a lot of falsetto or mixed voice. He sings a lot of full chest voice. You're right. And like a lot of male singers who sing full chest voice all the time, I would consider them baritones because if you go to like, you know, choirs or anything like that or like or barbershop quartets or anyone yeah. where you actually divide them into these, you know, different identities, the, you, the tenors are always like singing way up here. Or like singing yeah. in mixed voice, which is like a combination of your chest. <laughs> Timberlake, I would say Timberlake is a tenor. I would say Timberlake is a tenor. Failing, I'm like. Ugh. I would say Timberlake is a tenor. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I think, I think that for the you know, now that you're bringing up like Michael Jackson, obviously a tenor. Like now you're bringing up maybe a lot more singers are tenors. Than well, I think. in the pop realm, in the rock realm, I think there yeah. are more berries. In the pop realm, I would argue that there's more tenors. For, yeah, for male vocals. Probably. Just like and in the pop realm, I think there's the... more female sopranos in the pop realm. And as I know, I hate flies. Oh, Jesus. I, I as opposed the, to like in the in rock the, think, realm, even there's more females in the rock realm that are altos too. But even in the Americana, like the, indie realm, it, I think it's almost all baritone dudes. And altos. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Yeah. I don't know, because I, yeah, I always thought of myself as a contralto, but now I can go a little no, higher. No, you're not a contralto. I can hit low, but I notice now when we sing uh, certain songs where I'm going lower, I'm like, uh, I'm like really dropping I think, out. Yeah, I think the next step I'm for you is to like work on your mixed high. voice. And it's the yeah. way you bridge like your super ridiculous, like, ah, you know, head voice and your <laughs> normal chest voice. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's tough to do, but you like, I guess the way you really practice doing that is like sliding in and out. Yeah. yeah sliding like, up ooh. and like doing different syllables. So then you're not just doing like, ooh, or that was all, it's like, oh, you can, you could, <laughs> you could like hear that bridge where it went from Gorgeous. that to that. And the, the way that you do that is really work on it, work on it and try to yeah. make it. So there's no discernible difference between that. Yeah. And it's worth doing. I mean, I can it's, definitely you know do who, it. Who kills it? It's tough for me Anna to go between. Ash. She's my yeah, hero. She's at it. good at that. <sighs> she's coming out with a new album soon. Yeah. We covered her in episode something nine, eight, yeah. seven, ten, well, eleven. We're on twenty. I don't know. This is our twenty-second total episode. She might be twelve. Anyway. Yeah. I'll have to Do you want to play another one of their tunes? Uh, yeah, let's do it really quick. I was gonna say I thought it was really funny. I was reading about them today, and there were I was getting all these different like. We always talk about genre and like what people, what genre people want to kind of throw them in. We've had many conversations um, about genre. It's, it's so funny to me, uh, <laughs> like um, what they what they call themselves. And uh, so they ask uh, one of the interviews I was reading with uh, Rachel and Rob. Um, they ask, "Your music has been described as vaudeville pop. Can you explain what that means?" And Rob goes, "No, we sometimes." make up genres to let critics scramble their brains for a bit. We've played around with burlesque blues, glamabilly, 
we tried. They do we, have that glam look, though. Tried, no, yeah, they totally they have are that glam glammy. Look. Like we just watched that video and we're like, they're looking really LA right they're now. They're looking and real. It's like that glam, like that. Same Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. I yeah. feel like did the same thing. You look at them, you're like, ooh, they look kind of like. Well, glam like rock, they walked like, out of a disco, like '80s glam rock, right? Like right. Motley Crue, and but now would be I don't like. I really want to call Guns N' Roses glam rock, but they came from more that. Hair no, they metal. came. No, I think they're more. They're, I don't. I don't call them either. But, right. but the the thing is, that what I was trying to say is, they still came from L.A., which is yeah. where glam rock originated. Yeah. So they still have that look. Yeah. And I felt like they didn't go full glam, obviously, but they These definitely, guys? yeah, they, I mean, no, they but were they wearing have like little... leather jackets and they have styled hair and like, yeah. and maybe, maybe a tad of male, bit of male makeup, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. A tad bit of um, male and it's funny cause they, they, um, yeah, they're kind of, they're just playing around with their genres and they just, they just, I've read bass some players are funky ones. Bass players are hands down my favorite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's just watch a video His name's of them Oliver. just and to see Oliver. Yeah, he's so fabulous. Um, fabulous. But then when you, yeah, when you ask them, when they ask them about their, uh, like, what are your influences? What influences your sounds? They're naming like the Smiths, T-Rex, Glam Rock. Um, mm. uh, Jefferson Airplane, The Doors, The Beatles. Like, it all falls into this mm. pretty classic, you know. But he does say that I like the glam, rocks of, the glam rock of T-Rex. We tried to, on a side note, we were we played a uh, two-piece gig on Sunday yeah. in Oakland, and we played the song, uh, a cover song by the Black Keys called Everlasting Light. Let me be your everlasting yep. light. Yep, yep, yep. Most people know it. Um, if it's fun to play it stripped down. You just kind of play oh, yeah. it. I, I, I just it's usually play really like, heavy. Um, like Mambo's son, like that same beat. Well, yeah. So you so there's a T-Rex song called Mambo's son, and it's basically the same. Yeah. Black Keys are gonna sue us, or be like, no, it's not. But it's basically the same groove and feel. It's it's literally the same chord progression, and the feel is a little different, a little bit different feel, but very similar. It's similar. It goes yeah. dun 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 dun. In fact, play back to back. I don't even know which one you're doing right now because yeah, play play Mumbo's and kind of turn up a little bit so the mic picks it up. But yeah, I don't know how much I can. I can. It's a little bit. It's like when I hear it. So here's. So that's it's. It might be the same key too. So anyway, this is Mumbo's son. So it go, it's at one to six. And then there's Everlasting Light. So it's really similar. It's really similar. This is just more powerful and like more, I, a I, little I straighter. I played them back to back for Tom. I was like, like oh. Like a little straighter. So basically what happened is we were we play Everlasting Light. And then since it was just the two of us, Stuart would like during your guitar part, you turn to me and you're like, beneath the mumbo sun. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Like just to me. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I got on the mic and I was like, beneath the mumbo sun. And we went into it and I realized that I don't know any of those freaking lyrics at all. No. No, because they're very weird. If Dude, you look up any Mark T-Rex Bowen's lyrics, they're straight up g oh his lyrics his are lyrics so are fantastical so cool. and like they're the so imagery are in, is incredible he's an inspiration <laughs> if you ever have time to kill talking about like borderline true crime and also music and stuff like that mm -hmm. look up the weird um coincidences in mark boland's death like oh with have i talked about car, this on the podcast he died in a car accident have i talked about this on the podcast should we save before? it for a rewind we can, but Unless I just want to say like... Unless it's short, and then you can say No, it. I'll just give an example of one. <laughs> yeah, give, give me one. 
Like, so he has an old song where he has a lyric that's really weird because all of his lyrics are kind of weird and right. like. Yeah, and I'm looking at him right now. I'm and it's and the strange. and the lyric goes, it's like picking foxes from a tree. Is the lyric. Oh. So the way that Mark Bullen died is he was in the passenger seat, always terrified to drive, so never did. And his uh, girlfriend was driving. She crashed the car, crashed into a tree, and he died. Yeah. So there's, you know, the crime scene photo or whatever is a crashed car in a tree. The word fox is in license plate. Whoa. Isn't that weird? Just like creepy coincidence. That is really creepy. Yeah, so picking picking foxes from a tree. So there's like... Oh, that's weird. Yeah, there's there's about, I think like seven to ten things that are creepy like that about his death. I know he died really close to his house. I think he died like, yeah, he, I mean... Like blocks from his house, which is always like, they say car accidents are going to happen close to your house because that's when your brain turns off. Oh, that's so... And you have to live with that. And he is such a genius. Like, he is such a genius and a prolific writer and... And the thing that I love most about T-Rex is just how groovy all their songs are. Like oh, all their so songs groovy. have like such a great groove and feel to them. It's like it's like the perfect pairing between like this hippie like lyricism and um almost like 50s rock and roll in a way. Yeah, they yeah, I love Mark so Bolin. unique. I was trying to figure out how old. He was 29 when he died. Really young, yeah. Yeah, he was a baby. And one honestly one of my one of my um musical heroes. I love Mark. Absolutely. Bolin. And uh T-Rex is one of my favorites. Um I know Bang a Gong is kind of overplayed, but I freaking love that Dude, song. Dude, it's so groovy I though. Love you put on that song. Dan, dan, dan. Oh, dan, it, yeah, yeah. I guess me stoked every time. But yeah, so let's play this next tune. Uh, which all which right, we're gonna play a song that features a little more Rachel on the lyri- on the uh, on the singing. And Rachel Colwell, the Kohler Express, it's featuring called Rick. "Slow It Down." I like the way this song uh, builds the dynamics in the song. So this and is this is one of my favorite chord progressions. I think on Ooh. this one, it's uh, a one to two. And then maybe to the four after that. I don't know. It's like, Ooh. you can recognize it. It's like, uh, you know that song by CeeLo Green? I see you driving around town. It's just like, it's a, and we have it on our new song, Don't Come Back Home. Yeah. It's a really cool chord progression. The yeah. one to the two to the four. And I'm not I'm not 100% this one goes to the four, but it definitely goes one to two, which is a really Ooh, cool I'm, feel. Now yeah, I'm curious. So that's what I wanted to say about that. All right, so this is... Uh, I tried to explain why it's called the one and the two in a other podcast, and I was like, this is way too complicated. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, don't think I think it's interesting, yeah. but yeah. Um, so what's this one It's one of again? those things where you can oh. explain it musically, like technically to people, and it's like they, they, they know it in their heart, in their yeah. head, because they've heard it a million times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just you need to use examples. Maybe we'll talk, maybe we'll talk more about it. You have to use like it. examples. Maybe I'll try to talk more about it once we get done with this song. Yeah, like I remember when in choir we were learning a progression and Coppage uh, uh, used, what was it, the NBC or whatever, like yeah. the NBC thing. He's like, do, 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 that's that progression or well, whatever. It, the way that I learned I'm not going to know what like, it was. <laughs> you talk about, like, then you hear about this, like, stacking fourths. So you're like, what yeah. are fourths? And you're like, well, the example is a Star Wars 
themes so like the opening notes will start dun 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 like dun 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 those are three fourths in a row oh interesting so it's like just things like that it's just examples once you give people a real life example they get they get the music like it's the way all those musicals end like the third the third going down to the one hometown even like that that was so good (laughs) (laughs) get on the stage you're ready the thing is that people don't realize and it's all you learn in music school is you learn to identify what these sound like yeah, yeah like you hear it and then you're like oh that's just like hometown so yeah, then you're yeah, like yeah. oh that's a three to the one so then you know exactly what it is that's awesome and that's that's what music school is basically nice so anyway it's so all they teach you is we're hometown now, over and over yeah, all they, teach, <laughs> they just teach us hometown and we're like what is it it's day one that's our final like day we're about 37. to walk across the stage they're about to ha- hand us our diploma they're like hold up what is this <laughs> Hometown. <laughs> All anyway, right, on that, that note. Now that we've lost everybody. <laughs> now that everyone has turned it off. Hometown. Uh, here's He's My Brother, She's My Sister album, Nobody Dances in This Town, and this is the song, Slow It Down. <laughs>
So we just had to look this up. Yeah, it was <laughs> killing me. And I still might be wrong, but it was totally killing me. Basically, what we are looking at is when the the actual music follows the characteristics of the lyrics. Yeah, so somebody was saying when uh when they talk about a phone ringing and there's like a ringing sound or um they talk about something starting and stopping and something stops like yeah, in the song or, the lyrics are, are or like in uh in um hallelujah i love her so i hear her on my door knocking on the door yeah, yeah. um the white stripes do it with that glass breaking in one of their songs that i can't remember what it is there's like a glass break yeah like a sound of like literally somebody like we do it in, the cig- the in our old recording of the cigarette song he goes dun 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 and, and then it's there's like, like a, a match starting and in this one yeah. they say slow it, it down. down and then there's the whole like ending like the Where bridge you know into the ending speed. and then the and whole it, song yeah. slows down and i yeah. love that i and love I'm, it too. i think it's called prosody prosody but um i so, could be wrong prosody is concerned with those elements of speech that are not individual phonetic segments whoa just too much but, whoa <laughs> whoa um we've also heard word <laughs> painting which that was the other thing we looked up. A little up. hippie for me, and but like, okay. I remember very... Sp- it kills me because, you know, I went to college for this shit and I can't remember what it is. Um, but fuck it. They talk about it in poetry more than songs for some reason. More than like actual sonic. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's cool to thinking, thinking about... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... T- it, it's Everyone knows it when they hear it. Like, yeah. If you're talking about... And it doesn't have to be literal, like... Oh, like sitting on the dock of the bay where there's like the sound of the water or like whatever, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like it doesn't have to be literal. Like it can that. be an instrument mimicking. This is more of what I was thinking where yeah, yeah, yeah. they're like, slow it down. And then the music slows down. Yeah. Like, you know, like that's, that's what I was kind of more thinking about. And it might yeah, be prosody. Tr- it might not be it, but either way, let's pretend like that's the right word. If it's not, I fuck think it. it is. The point is still the same. Yeah. That there's this really cool thing that people do with music where they use the lyrics to help manipulate the music or vice versa. Yeah. Which is is really a cool technique to use. Yeah. And I think they are trained um, musicians slash in the arts, like, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think they're both uh, college educated. And she definitely did um, sort of more the theatrical, like, theater realm yeah. and writing, which is really helpful for lyricism if you do some sort of writing um, yeah, and the thing about um, Rob Kolar is he also like what I, I went to his Wikipedia page and whatnot, right. and I saw that he also does um, the music. He scores the music for uh, the TBS show, The I Detour. Saw that. So he's like into not just playing in his own thing, but I mean, he's writing music for, by all accounts, a super popular show on a cable television. So he's like obviously experienced and skilled at at um writing music beyond just like most singer songwriters i feel like where like a lot of the time you'll meet a guy you know playing guitar in a bar and he's writing songs and and he's like knows a few chords and yeah can write and sing emotively but yeah they don't he's, he's really, actually composing and i'll say it again yeah. they don't really see you know what's behind the curtain yeah, they yeah, just, yeah they're just doing it you know they say oh there's a d chord there's a g chord they sound cool together but they don't really put it all together yeah. Um, in terms of the theory behind it. And I think that Rob does do that. I think yeah. he does see the theory behind it. And I think he does use these techniques on purpose. It's not an accident that they're yeah. doing this. And it's a cool, it's that cool combination of um, 
somebody who has a big music brain and background in music like yeah. he does and and then somebody who is more uh lyrical um and sort of interested in language and then combining those two things to make these really interesting songs yeah so i think that yeah and i think it's a bummer that they're and they're done, related but <laughs> i think <laughs> so Kolar's is still going right and that's i think still so his so band. they so yeah him and lauren the tap dashing tap dancing percussionist that uh mm -hmm. that they ended up getting hitched um i think in 2014 they got married and uh they uh so they kind of split off uh, and are in Kolar's, the band, um, and they released an album in 2017. So that seems fairly recent to me. Yes. Yeah. More recent than most of what we've done. Yeah, we've been playing stuff from 2012, which is really uh, yeah. kind of cool because uh, it, it's bringing me back. Do we know what Rachel is up to nowadays? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't sure. find anything. Maybe she's uh, writing plays, I hope. I hope so. I haven't been able to find uh, much of anything, unfortunately. I think they've, they've been able to retain their privacy, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Like I, I like to see this a band like this be so successful. Um, and you see them on like, they're playing on one of the late night shows. It's not Colbert or Fallon, but it's one of those types of shows. Yeah. And uh, so you're like, oh, they're, they're doing really well. You know, and they're, they did what, like 150 shows in a year. So it's like they were making a living off this and killing it. And then they can just kind of, I don't know what why the choice was made but it's like they can kind of just go back into just living a normal life and hopefully they made some nice bread some I nice mean, how savings much, doing do, this yeah or, and i mean they probably they just get a, the experience they probably get a, you know just from streaming Royalties. services they probably get you know probably a couple thousand a year from this kind of shit you know? hopefully like, yeah hopefully i mean you never yeah. know and i mean sorry i said a year i meant like a month but Maybe not that much. Who knows? Who I knows? Have, I have no idea. Like, how I know that Spotify is kind of waging a war against uh, mechanical royalties and and on songwriter rights right now, which yeah. is really discouraging because songwriter or uh, Spotify is our major platform that we. Um, it's get what music. I yeah I use it every day. And um, I'm thinking about ditching it soon because they have planted themselves directly opposed to songwriters' rights and royalties. That's so shitty. it's it's really like if you want to make a statement, it would be to find a different service that does still provide streaming services that you can select the music and like make playlists and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But maybe find one that sh that gives the songwriters a little bit more of a cut because right now Spotify is pretty ridiculous with how little they That's pay. A fucking bummer. I yeah. I use it quite a daily. bit. I use it daily. I yeah. use it daily and like. <laughs> I like to, so like when I think about throwing bread to like the artists that I listen to or like how I can like directly contribute, I've tried to buy like Chris Casper, Anna Ash, Felice Brothers, I'll buy their records. I'm like, is buying yeah. the vinyl helping? Hopefully, you know, hopefully they're getting like a physical cut of that. I think the the most realistic way though that you can support artists is buying tickets to their concerts. Oh, totally. I think that's how they're buying make, their merch. Yeah. Or their merch. I think that's how they're making, um, how they're really making their living. Um, as far as like listening in your car or listening in your, um, at work or whatever, I guess, you know, buying their album online, putting it on your phone and listening to it that way. That's, that seems pretty six years ago, but yeah. it's, it does, it does more than fucking streaming does or YouTube or whatever. Yeah. I mean, who knows really how, I mean, I think the majority, the vast majority of people consume music with streaming sites now. So oh, it's yeah. like having CDs. Well, Spotify's is, 
10 bucks a month. Yeah, I mean, having a CD is I'm almost... I'm not talking a- about having CDs. I, yeah. So what I do is I'll buy, like, when I bought uh, Chris Casper's record, um, you get the Did vinyl ya? delivered. Did and you? And then they email you a code, and it says, hey, here's yeah. the online version, and you get to download you it onto your phone. That, uh- I never did. I oh, never did. Chris. No, I. Chris Casper. No. I don't even care. I'll just donate to him. But yeah, I, I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't know if they ever sent it. But Anna Ash sent me two. Yeah. She sent me two vinyls for the price of one because she yeah. was like, just take two because she's amazing. Well. <laughs> yeah, I have some. I have some really cool concerts coming up. I'm seeing uh, Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats oh, coming up it. in July. So jealous. And then I'm seeing AA Bondi coming up in July also. So yeah. and, and he, you have you have the. Uh, I have the Nathaniel Rateliff vinyl. You have AA Bondi's. And yeah. I promise you, in the vinyl, there's a little code that yeah. says download the CD, not CD, but like the but MP3s honestly, check here. it out. Even if you were to download those songs, where are you going to listen to it? On your phone. On your iTunes? Where? What app pops up that you use? That On will... your iTunes phone. You have an iPhone, right? Yeah. It's like the little... Yeah, but would you much <laughs> rather go through that app when you want to listen? Would you toggle between apps to listen to songs? Yeah, I get or it. Or would you just go to Spotify? Where no, you definitely is? go to Spotify. But That's what I'm saying. It, I don't it's know. Like, I would put the effort to... I mean, imagine how much effort we used to put into fucking curating so our iTunes, like our iPods. I, I it's threw insane. Away, I mean, recycled... So many CDs, CDs, DVDs. Oh my god, mix CDs! I had so many mix CDs. All the mix CDs and like with like weird writing on them. I'm like, what even is this? It was like what's on this? It was like (laughs) hard rock volume seven, and I'm like, I'm sure that's just System of a Down and Head PE. I always had these annoyingly poetic like fucking titles. It was always just like Bob Dylan lyrics. I don't know. Or like I listened to a, a embarrassing amount of Death Cab for Cutie yeah. and like oh so my sixteen coming together my sixteen year old self lost their mind recently because we found out that the black keys are touring again with fucking modest mouse who I'm so excited about. We should go to that. I've seen Modest Mouse. They're that Chase weird. Center? But it's they're the, great. the Warriors' new stadium, Chase I want to go, as long as we Let's can go. get assigned seating and not be in a crazy crowd. Um, it's going, I'm 29 it's years be, old. And we, <laughs> I saw the Black Keys at Oracle, so it's basically the same idea. And I think Chase might be actually a little smaller. Good. Oh, God, don't quote me on that. Oh, and you know, Shannon and the Clams are opening. So Shannon and the Clams, who we saw with uh, Dan Arbach, <laughs> I thought they were fucking great, dude. I, I thought they were cool. They're kind of like they 50s, all right. like all right. beachy vibe. And then there's, uh, and then it's Modest Mouse. And John then just came by and did and the, same, the Black Keys. The same motion I just did. Oh, I think it's so gonna be awesome. Funny. So I, I, I do want to see that. Um, I, 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 at the end of their kind of years, uh, in their heyday, the Black Keys were playing huge stadiums that I was sort of staying away from. I played the Oracle, and I got. Way too drunk. So Oracle's too big. I was back when I was dating that's where the Warriors Emily, play. and um, well, they're playing at Chase Center, so that's basically where the Warriors are going. So to it's play. still a basketball yeah. stadium. Cool. So Great. basically, they played Oracle <laughs> Arena, and my ex and I got tickets to the you know the floor seating. There were there were actually like um, you could get seats like right. to, to the On side, the side yeah. and like above. But we got the general admission. Oh, that stresses me and out. And we ended up sneaking in like Coca-Cola bottles full of rum and Coke. Nope. And this is, <laughs> I mean, this is back when you're not making a lot of money, you know? You're oh, like, totally. I get you're it. Like you can't be buying drinks. Yeah. And you're like going to a concert where they're selling like 
$12 beers. And plus, you have to wait in line to get these $12 beers. So you're oh, like, yeah, let's yeah, just you're try gonna to miss smuggle shit. these in. Whatever, yeah. I get it. But yeah, we ended up getting really drunk. And Emily disappeared for like 45 minutes. Oh, and that's I was like, scary. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I had no idea where she was. And like, I was trying to like hit her up on her phone, but like, you can't hear anything. And like, oh, so your funny. phones don't work in those. You know when you go to a concert or a a sporting event, like your phone all of a sudden doesn't work? Have you ever had that happen? Um, It's because there's so many people around you and like for whatever reason, it's just like I've definitely gone to a concert, lost my friends and been alone for two hours. I've definitely done that because you're just like, how do you even like you're in a crowd? How are you like, I'm near the I'm in the front right area. Like it's so it's still so hard to explain where you are anyway. So it's like we were finally able to make it out alive. That's good. And like, guess who opened that show? Who? Back way before they were popular. Who? The Arctic Monkeys. <gasps> That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's cool. It was it was intense. And uh the Black Keys were incredible. Yeah. Like, I've seen them about and six times. I think times. his name's Richard Swift. Um, let me look it up real quick. He was a gentleman who yeah, Richard Swift is a, a singer songwriter. He play he produces a lot of artists and also plays like bass and has his own stuff. He he has this really cool song. Uh, I think it's called like "Songs for Freedom" or something like Richard this. Swift. It sounds let me familiar. let me look it up. I really like the way the song "Songs of National Freedom." That's what it's called. Look, could you look that up? Richard um, Swift. Yeah, Richard Swift songs oh. of national freedom. This was a song that He's, I. He passed away. Yeah, yeah. Wait. But when I saw him, he passed away in 2018. Yeah, when I. Oh my god! When I saw age the, 41. When he I was in the shoes. Oh my god! When Sorry. I saw the Black Keys, <laughs> he was playing bass live for them. What's the song you wanted to hear? So, uh, the songs of National Freedom. I really like this song. Oh, uh, it was like no. it always came up on playlists um, in college for me. So it was like a, it was well, like you gotta get an ad commercial. blocker, dude. Dude, what I don't care on? about YouTube. I never use it. I really yeah, don't. yeah. But if you get an ad blocker, it blocks just, all ads on all like sites. It. Oh, look at him. You've played me this song. Yeah, I love this song. Why did he die? Uh, I think he had cancer or something. At he had 41? some kind of he what had some kind of disease. Fuck? Yeah, that's not fair. Yeah, but he, he, there was like an outpouring of support from like all the guys that you love and I love. Like uh, he was like he was one of those under he was like a musician's musician. You know what I mean? He passed away in July of 2018. I think I yeah. remember like the Instagram I think reaction. I, yeah, I mean, uh, it, not to sound like the it biggest me hipster. Out. Of all I'm not time. saying I'm the hugest Richard Swift fan, but I appreciated him because I saw him play bass for the Black Keys, and I also love this song, you know, and like a few others of his. I like but that drummer. It just has a great like. This band looks fun. It just has a great percussive drive to it. Yeah. This is back in 2009. Yeah, but yeah, he's a. He yeah, it's real sad. Wow. Let's see how he died. Way to bum me out. Yeah, yeah, real. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, real, real big bummer there. That's okay. I'm trying to see. No, I'm. I'm. Yeah, complications from hepatitis as well as liver and Whoa. kidney disease. Whoa. He had suffered from alcohol addiction throughout his life, and yep. Well, there you go. 41. Yeah. Oh, it's real bummer. Head. But yeah, if you haven't heard of Richard Swift, I would recommend looking him up. He um, He's affiliated with a ton of really cool artists. He was also part of the Black Keys live band during their 1415 tour, which is when I saw him. I feel like I them. saw them that 
same yeah. tour. I mean, we've seen I've them. seen them a lot. Dude, have you looked up tickets for that Chase Center show? Uh, no, but I ha- are they released yet? I'm sh- I don't think so. When they are, let's just buy like at least five. Oh, oh. Like the f- like Alante. Yeah. And us. At least five tickets, I would say. Yeah, I think five tickets, maybe yeah, six. Maybe six, just to be safe. Yeah, let's. We see. can we can get a six person. Yeah, I I really want to see uh yeah, Modest Mouse and Black Keys, because like both of those bands have been. No, fifty dollars. Hold up, this let's can't be buy real. Them right now. No, this can't be. Let's fucking buy them real. right now. Yeah, no, I will. I'll read I'm... my credit card number to you <laughs> Over during the, the podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's wrap this bad boy up. Um, Sorry, okay. So, so we <laughs> so we are Radio Keys. We're in a band, um, <laughs> and then we just shut it down. We play, no. <laughs> Peace and bye. We um, play uh, we play Americana rock and roll. But we have a <laughs> we have a few either. gigs coming up. Um, that we want to pump. So I think next is Jam Sellers, right? Is that uh, next up for us? Yeah, I'm really excited because we're playing uh, we're playing Jam Cellars. It's kind of like a tasting room slash wine bar in the evenings. Like a lot of tasting rooms close at five, but Jam Cellars stays open and it's in downtown Napa. It's like in the heart of it. And uh, it's, it's um, I think it's nine to 11 on a Friday night and we're going to play for like two hours and it's free. It's and they great. have like wine by the glass. Their wine's great. We grabbed a bottle of their cab and it's like 15 bucks at Trader Joe's. And I was like, all right, you know, we're going to try their wine because we're going to play here. And I thought it was good. Damn, that's our little. I was uh, into that's it. our little mini Placerville trip. I was gonna get a show for the 14th. Oh but yeah, I was so like, we. I wanted to play a brewery during the day on the 14th. Yeah, I don't want to do like a night gig. So basically, we're playing Friday. You can never do night gigs April, on Sundays. Friday, I can't. No, they they just suck. They like, yeah. No well, one we goes did out. Frog no and Peach, one, and it was it was we'll dead. Go, and unless you're like a famous band, it's like if you want a natural draw in a random Sunday place, night is. You got to do Sunday during the day because. Sunday night, like everyone's tapped out. You know what's funny is, like I I used to waitress for ever, like seven years, eight years, and yeah, the deadest night you'd think it would be like Monday or Tuesday. It's Sunday. Yeah, people want to be home on Sunday night. Well, they, they don't go out on Sunday night. Just partied Friday. Yeah, they and they want to be home, I mean, chilling, watching their Netflix. I mean, a, like nobody goes out on Sunday night, it's, whether it's live music or restaurants or whatever. Yeah, no it's one goes no out. Ju- it's like yeah. no mystery that I love going out with friends and like having a good time. And like even I would not go out on Sunday nights. Like when I, I lived in I Santa like Barbara, you know in, what's funny in the is the heart of my freedom with all my friends. Like even we wouldn't go out on Sunday. No, nights. Sunday. What sucks is I'm I'm off Sundays. But Sunday day. I'm off, that's a different. thing. I'm off Sundays and Mondays, so Sunday nights are like my Saturday nights. Oh, but we just Honey. we well we stay home because I'm like I don't. Well, that's because you're a homebody. Do anything because like. I yeah anyway but. <laughs> Anyway, so we're playing Friday. Our next show is Friday, yeah. April 12th at Jam in Napa. That's 9 to 11. I'm going to try to bring all my Napa homies out. Please um, do. And coworkers. They're yeah. still like, I've been working there for over a year. And I'm like, and they're always like, how's your band? And I'm like, you guys have not seen my band yet. I've invited them to shows. I'm like, come on. So I'm trying to get them to come out. Um, and then on Saturday night, we're driving up to Placerville for, um, the mountain vibe pre-party at Outbreak Brewing Company. Yeah. And we got an Airbnb two minutes away. I'm stoked. That's going to be so fun. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. We're going to have a little, just the four of us, a little party. Little party. No one else is invited. And <laughs> actually, I, <laughs> I don't want to anger the Airbnb. I kind of want to invite Swoon, but, uh, I'm down. Yeah. I think it would be. 
I wonder if they're I staying the night because they're Joey. like from yeah, Concord. I want to hang out yeah. with Joey. Is what I really want to do. I'm super down. Yeah, Joey's I'm the super man. Super down. Let's Love invite him out. I, it's yeah. it's a it's going to be a mystery whether or not people decide the bands decide to spend the night because we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, but Concord's like a three hour drive home, so we'll see. Hopefully, they end up staying. I think they will. On our couch in our Airbnb. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, and that's with Coast Tribe. Um, no, they were on the bill, but they, they were on the out. bill. Sorry. Uh, false rhythms. Thank you for yeah. coming up with that. Um, and so that's Saturday and then Sunday. It's only uh, because I tagged them home. in a uh, post about it. Oh, nice. And uh, it turned out to be some random chick from like the Midwest. And I was well, like, we went to tag. She, she hit us up. She's like, thanks for the free pub. And I was like, this is the wrong like, false rhythm. And she's like, yep. <laughs> so Dude, that's well, how we, I remember now. So we played with Elgato Dice on Saturday night mm-hmm. and, uh, we didn't they don't have an instagram hey but real quick swoon tagged elgato dice instagram and it's a totally different it's not the band and i was like if you're a band get an instagram yeah you gotta have an instagram to get an instagram Instagram. it's what's happening now facebook is dead no one goes on facebook anymore i haven't had facebook since trump got elected because i was like fuck this yeah and it's been honestly a just bliss yeah, since then. No one knows. Like literally, <laughs> I was the like, only, this is a goddamn nightmare. The only reason I'm on it is to like do radio key shit. Like I haven't Which, posted. Have I told you I appreciate that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not doing shit. Well, but when I share shit on Instagram, you can share it to Facebook because they're owned by the same people. Yeah. It's the same thing. But that's what we do. Is yeah. But like, we'll get like you know, 80 likes on Instagram, and we'll get three on facebook because no yeah. one gives a fuck about facebook and then like yeah you have a and bunch the algorithms of, kind of fuck over uh like band accounts don't get as much oh yeah we got like love as we only reached like 700 people last month which means all of our posts only got to 700 people yeah which is like why are we even doing this and then you have the only thing that facebook is good for are events when you can you invite, invite people your friends to, but yeah, that's because you can't do that on see. instagram yeah so you have to do that right but if you just want to maintain like some kind of level of popularity or some kind of level of awareness where people are like oh i want to be involved in their story and their life and yeah their day-to-day yeah it's all instagram yeah and so these bands that don't have instagram i'm like what are you doing here like you you, got to you gotta just it almost gets to a point where you almost can't book a band that doesn't have instagram because you don't know how they're going to promote the show well i think there's this like mentality of just like well you know we can do it the old-fashioned way and like not be on social media and like not like acquiesce to this like demand that we have to use the social media hosting sites and it's like okay i see what you're trying to do but well we have unless we, yeah. you're fucking beyonce what are you doing like people so are not gonna a, we actually care. have a small um research pool but this is what happened and i will not name the names of the bands or which show it was but we had a couple bands that would <laughs> one decided to like reach out to this website that would spread the word on a bunch of random other websites that um cost like 25 bucks or something and you like pay this thing and it go it disseminates this information to a bunch of websites that might be like what are you doing saturday night how about you go to this show like that kind of thing and then there was another one that like had and this is the same show and a different band also had like the same kind of idea where they were like paying for sponsorship on facebook right and Which, then okay. there was us, and I will name them because they did the right thing. It was um, Swoon. Yeah. They, we just went hard in the paint on Instagram 
Yeah. And, and Facebook. And our but stories Instagram, like, yeah. hey, we're playing a show. We're playing a show. Because what people don't realize is you make one post, right? Yeah. If you have a thousand friends, maybe 70 p- people see that story or that post. Right. right. So if you just do it once, you're only reaching like 7% of your audience of people who follow you. And the people who follow you want to follow you because they wouldn't follow you if they didn't. So they want to see something every once in a while about you. So if you don't post at all, what people honestly want, um, is content. Yeah. Well, for sure. But what I'm trying to say is like, like, they want to look at stuff all day. They want to press stories. They want to look at like a feed. They want it to refresh. That's the point too. But what I'm trying to say is like, if you make one post the week before the show, you're probably only going to reach 7% of your audience. So you kind of have to keep hype, like you kind of have to keep revisiting it throughout the weeks leading up to your show because if you only post one time on Friday before the show or Saturday before the show, that's seven people who see it or 7% of your fans who see it. And that's just, and people already know what the fuck they're going to do Saturday by the time Friday night rolls around. You know what I mean? Yeah. So basically the way I'm saying it is two bands did it an alternative way and two bands did it the Instagram way. And it was very clear that the Instagram way was more popular. Like more people showed up there was, and I, I didn't see much result on the other side of it. So it's just like, it goes to show that like you, Instagram is the way to well, it's promote. A ne- yeah. It's a, I won't even call it an evil cause I don't think it's evil. I think it's fine, but it's that nece- it's necessary. It's yeah. a necessary I actually thing. like it. I mean, like, I like it too. I've, I've always liked it better. I think it's cleaner. The reason I left Facebook in 2016, obviously because Trump was getting elected and I was like realizing the well, way people really felt about bullshit. shit. It's just, a, it's like people sharing bullshit articles and I was like, I don't want to see this anymore. This is so like getting so dirty and like just your feed is just like convoluted with Trump's face. And I was like, I don't want to see this shit anymore. And just people just, yeah, statuses were just so dull to me. And I'm like, you know what I actually like? I like visuals. I like the photos. Yeah. I like seeing we wanna, people. I like seeing their dogs. I like original, seeing their fucking kids. It's whatever. the original like, reason you went on Facebook. It's to connect with people photos. and see what they're doing in their life. Not to see their bullshit political opinion. And for me, it goes and all... like a like, post. Like, I when was the last today. time you wanted to see someone's political opinion? You're like, hey. I don't care. Random friend that I knew from high school. What's your political opinion? Like, nobody Well, a lot of it feels... Cares. It feels like... Even even when I agree with it, it feels pandery. So like pandery. I'm sharing this because I want you guys to know that this is the side I'm on. And it's like, yeah, we know that because we, it's fine. It you don't have like, to like put yeah, like, 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 like this either you're being virtuous for whatever side you're doing, whether you're saying like martyr, like yeah, yeah. it's it's just I just, either, I just got I was getting so annoyed with everybody. Yeah. I was like annoyed with the Trumpies. I was annoyed with the non-Trumpies. I was just annoyed with everybody. I was like, this is like not fun. Like I'm getting actual like anxiety looking at my feed yeah. and I'm getting angry at people I love yeah. and that's weird. And so or I was like, let's go like back to like, chamber. let's go back to fucking dog photos. Can we just go back yeah. to dog photos and like fucking show yeah. flyers, whatever, like you want to sh- like, I know Instagram is basically the same thing. It's owned by the same people, but I think it's, I it's think it's, different. Cl- I think it's so much cleaner. It's you just scroll through it. It's so much it's cleaner. It's a different platform. Completely it's, different It's completely platform. different. And it's, it's, uh, and apparently the new, new generation, the, what are they, Gen Z? Those kids. Yeah. Those kids. Hashtag those they're kids. They're just on like Twitter and uh, Snapchat. They're not even like on Facebook or Instagram. Well, apparently they're not even on Snapchat anymore. Like I remember years ago. They're just Twitter kids, There was like huh? Kick and like, I don't even think they're on Twitter. It's a lot of shit I think that they're like on erases. I think they're on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, know. I'm. Let me I don't tell you, claim to be it would hip. be scary <laughs> as fuck to have kids today. I'll tell you that because yeah. they are, they are sharing stuff that you don't even want to know about. Like, 
Um, I have friend. I have a friend um, who works closely with kids, and she's always telling me about all these things she hears about, like these teenagers, like what they're sharing. And I'm talking about like very explicit stuff. It's like, yeah. and you're like, what are you doing? Well, your your brain's not developed. Yeah. at those ages, like I think about the dumb shit. Like, like read the, your diary from when you were 13. It's it's ridiculous. Like with us, it would be like, <laughs> like rumors. You're, you're not, you know, it would be rumors. Yeah. It would be like, oh, did you hear that? Blah blah blah. Did blah 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 with yeah. blah blah blah. And now it's like documented. Yeah, and it's that's like, really scary. And then and it gets passed around. It's like, what are we doing here? Like, come on, kids. Like, can we figure it out a little bit? And it's that, like, kind of push and pull of, like, okay, you want... I could get, as a parent, you want your kid to have a phone yeah, because they're able to reach you, you're able to reach them, they can't get lost yeah, if they get adopted. Line. Like, I get, yeah. Totally, totally. I get yeah. all that stuff. And then it's just like, well, well now they have, the, like, the internet at their fingertips kind of thing as well, which we just... I didn't... I you know grew up with that dude I remember I probably sound like a grumpy old person right no, now I didn't you have are. that <laughs> when I was a child no but when I I remember I, I had a uh, brick phone my probably senior year well we all shared it <laughs> right well the, no that was the first one we all shared a phone for like yeah and a then good I got year I finally, or two. and I still have the same number dad has the same number oh, give it to you right of now. the one that we <laughs> the, the one that we all shared is dad's current phone number it's why I have his memorized the best I think because yeah. it was all it was like our shared phone it was like Stuart's going to Brennan theaters so we're gonna give him the phone yeah so he can call us to pick him up you know um yeah. but yeah it's it's a different world completely different so anyway my whole overarching point is if you're in a band and you are serious about getting people to your shows, right. you got to get Instagram. Yeah. We can't mess around with Facebook anymore. We can't mess around with these. You can, you, I think you should have I one. Mean, no, you should have it, but yeah. I mean like solely mess around with Facebook. No, it's it's You can't it's just like yeah. go to a bunch of random websites. Print media is dead. No one's reading articles. No one's listening to radio. No one's doing any of this crap. Like people are f- scrolling their Instagram feeds. And if yeah. they follow you, they're going to see that you're playing a show. And if they're not doing anything, they might like think we have coming. we have a full website with all our shows listed, radiokeysmusic.com. But I I abs- I do not depend that anybody's going to look at that. No. Absolutely not. I mean, people, you can click on the link on our Instagram <laughs> and 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 go and look at them all. We have had a good turnout to every single show that we've had since I mean, the only ones that weren't good turnouts were Frog and Peach, right? Like yeah, since we started Sunday going night. heavy with Instagram, right. like we at least have like twenty to thirty people show up, which for a local okay. show is like a pretty damn good turnout. Yeah, you know, and it's like I just wish people would get on board. And I think what what the problem is is when people are promoting, like self promoting, they feel like they're being like assholes for self promoting, like narcissistic. Like, yeah, kinda. exactly. I, 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 I feel I that way all the time. Word. I'm like posting a picture of me playing guitar, and I'm like, look at me and I'm yeah. bad. So they're like, <laughs> and I'm like, am I this asshole that like everyone's like, oh, Emily again with the fucking? About it, this is your... But it's like, no, this is all I care about. This is all I care about doing. But also, like, like I said, and, maybe you know, one or two people the love. will see every post that you do. Yeah. But for the majority of your posts, only seven percent of your following that sees seems that really post. Low. No, like you look at our stories. Story? Look at we have. You mean stories? Then. Look at your stories. Because the way Instagram does it now is you scroll down and it's like you're caught up. So, but look how at, are people missing? Well, look at your story. We have like what, like 90, 80 people see each story, like that's roughly like seven to eight percent of what our followers. Uh, 
So that's every story. So right. then you look at every post. I don't think it's going to be that much more than that. I don't think yeah. 100% of people see your post. So anyway, my whole point is you have to keep hitting it. Because if you don't, then you're not going to get to every one of your followers. Maybe you're maybe the same person will see it. Maybe the same couple people will see it over and over again. Yeah. But even then, they well, can just that skip. Balance, though, they can just like, skip it. If, if somebody's posting way too much, you mute them. So it's like you we, you want to have that sweet spot where it's like people are seeing your post, but they're also not like, oh, my God, Radio Keys is posting like fucking all the time. I'm sick yeah. of it. Mute. Yeah. Because I definitely mute people when I'm like, okay, you're posting seven photos a day. Like, yeah. stop. You know, so it's like I, I get. Yeah, it's kind of finding that sweet spot. But anyway, yeah. I don't want to rant about Instagram anymore. Yeah. Um, what? Let's see. I think we're going to play one last song. And then I think we have that's all our Radio Keys news. We're getting yeah, in the so studio. Yeah, so just to recap the Radio Keys news, we're playing at Jam Cellars in Napa, April 12th. And then we're playing at Placerville. Outbreak Brewing in Placerville on the April 13th. Or, yeah, April 13th. After that, we're playing Easter in San Francisco at Easter. Winners in Pacifica. And then we're just recording. So. And then I think the next kind of big show, right after we're finished recording, it's going to be a big relief, is uh, May 10th at the Uptown in Oakland. Yeah. We just announced that show, actually. And that's Overland, us Northerner, and, our uh, old neighbor. Yeah, and a band called Deer County, which was yeah. pretty funny because um, we had this situation where like we almost got bumped from that show. <laughs> And like the the lady who's booking the Uptown was like, yeah, we'll totally book you guys on May 10th. And uh, this guy came up to us after our last Starry Plow show. He's like, yeah, man, we're playing with you on May 10th. Oh, yeah. He introduced himself to me and he's like, oh, I'm playing a show with you at the Uptown. And I was like, no, you're not. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I didn't know that. I looked at him and I'm like, no, we're not. And he's like, no, I just got booked then. I'm like, well, if you got booked then, then I didn't know about it because I was booking that show. And he's like, oh, okay. And I ended up listening to them and talking to him for a while and actually liked them and think that they all sound like they have a very, uh, you know, uh, sympathetic sound with ours. Yeah. So I, I agree. Yeah. So we ended up booking them anyway, but like that whole thing almost fell through and then finally it pulled together. So I think it's gonna be a yeah. really fun show. Any, yeah. Anytime we play with Overland. So and yeah, let's Northerners, wrap it up. Local as uh, well. Thanks to Rob, um, and Rob Kohler and Rachel Kohler for uh, letting us use the uh, the tunes and yeah. to talk about them a little bit today. I know yeah. we ranted a lot about I hope, random uh, shit. But I hope everybody's uh, yeah. everybody's still playing music in some regard. Um, that's my that's my hope. And you know when we when we cover a band that it's like okay, well, yeah, maybe there won't be new material coming out. Yeah. But the way I think of it, it's like hey, there's this little gem album just existing in the world. And yeah, yeah it's from 2012, but it's like a little piece of uh, of this little you know, somebody's people's brains that came yeah. together and made a, made a piece of music. And I think it's worth listening to. Um, so yeah, so we're going to end with, uh, the last song of their, uh, their only album, their 2012 album. Well, they have a two, they have another they have an EP, one. Yeah. They have, it's an EP though. Yeah. yeah. 2010, they have, uh, just their self titled and it's EP. And I think it has about six songs. Um, but so their one full length album is 2012's nobody dances in this town. And the cover's great. It's just all of them brushing their teeth. You know who dances in that town? In a parking lot. Lauren Brown on drums. Yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> She's top dancing on the drums. I'd love to show that to Alante and be like, just from a technical point, like what are the odds that she's going to break? a drum high. um <laughs> she's 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 found a she's found a balance where she's able to like get the sound out and not put her foot through that drum and i'm yeah. i'm honestly fucking impressed um but so the last track is one of my favorites um 
again, it's playing with speed and tempo a little bit. Yeah. And then they're also trading off uh, in, in, uh, in singing, which is, which is always fun. Um, so it's called Can't See the Stars, and it's the last song. Off Nobody Dances in This Town. This is He's My Brother, She's My Sister. Um, thanks so much for letting us play your music. And we are Radio Keys. And uh, we're going to keep searching for that sweet soul music. Don't be cruel and mean to your love They're all crying in the street from your fire Where the loose, yeah it's new You broke that glass right through And that shit that you stole got you high Now I can't see the stars in the city tonight Now I can't see the stars in the city tonight Well, the fire's in my eyes And the feeling's just not right Now I can't see the stars tonight Tonight. 